Broncos country. Thanks for tuning in to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for another edition of Broncos Now. I'm your host, Sydney Jones, and today was a very exciting and historic day here at the UC Health Training Center. The Walton Penner Family Ownership Group was here for their first official day as owners. Rob Walton, Greg Penner, Carrie Walton Penner, Melody Hobson, and Condoleezza Rice were all in attendance today. Lewis Hamilton was unable to be here today because he is currently in the middle of his Formula One season. Take a listen to what Rob Walton, Carrie Walton Penner, Melody Hobson, Condoleezza Rice, and Greg Penner, respectively, all had to say during today's introductory press conference. Pat Boland builds a great legacy and a record of winning and championships. We plan to do everything we can to build on the championship tradition of this great organization. We're thrilled, thrilled to be part of the Broncos. Simply put, it's an honor to steward this historic franchise. Our number one priority is putting a winning team on the field to win Super Bowls for Broncos country. Across our ownership group, we support the shared vision, strategy, and needs of the organization. We'll draw on the extraordinary depth of our partners to help the Broncos succeed on the field, in the NFL, and across our community. We're new to the sports business, um, so this will be a, a, a great family endeavor for us, but also a significant learning opportunity. And we take that on um, fully and are really excited about um, the opportunity to learn and the challenges uh, in, in terms of really getting up to speed quickly. Um, we're committed fully to making sure that the Denver Broncos is the best team to play for, to work for, and to cheer for. If you are going to exceed your wildest expectations, your wildest dreams, you have to start with some pretty wild dreams. And this is certainly in that category. It is a joy to partner with other members of this ownership group, group people that I've admired for a very long time. I also want to acknowledge the bond that I feel with the players who, like me, have had to overcome a lot in their lives. And I know the amount of focus and discipline that it has taken for them to get here. I also know all of the people, the family at home, the community that they are responsible for and that they really understand how much that community wants to see them win and how much they want to win for that community. I feel a bond with them, and I'm really, really happy to be a part of the organization, to be and to stand with them. I'm just thrilled to be a part of this great Denver Broncos organization for a couple of reasons. One is that you have to understand how much I love football. My dad was a football coach when I was born. I was supposed to be his all-American linebacker. Uh, when he got a girl, he decided to teach her about the sport instead. And even though my father has gone to the Lord, I have to think that today he's thinking she finally got a really important job. <laughs> I want to say, too, that it's great to be back in Denver. I came to Denver for the first time as a six-year-old. When my family came to, for my parents to go to graduate school, we returned to live here when I was 12 years old. I was taught by the Sisters of Loretta at St. Mary's Academy on to the University of Denver twice for my undergraduate degree and my PhD. And during that period of time, everybody who lived here had to know what the Broncos mean to this community. Our Broncos fans have high expectations. Uh, we know that and we embrace it. 
We believe that a winning team and organization require the right people, high expectations, the necessary resources, and then accountability. We're committed to that, and we're going to draw on this diverse ownership group to succeed. As Carrie said, we're new to the sports business, and we know we have a lot to learn. We're going to be looking forward in the coming months to working with the staff, uh, our players, the community, leadership across the NFL to get to know as much as we can about this uh, fantastic organization and then move forward from there. This has been a really exciting few months for us, but not nearly as exciting as getting back to Denver last night, spending the time with our players and staff this morning. We had, had everybody together in the field house and uh, we just can't, can't wait to get going and kick off a winning season. It was also announced today that Greg Penner will serve as the Denver Broncos' new CEO. Certainly a historic day here in Broncos country as a new chapter begins for this organization. And out on the field today, it was day 13 of training camp practice. Another one of those jog-through style practices as the players and the coaches are gearing up to welcome the Cowboys to town tomorrow. This is head coach Nathaniel Hackett's first joint practice as a head coach. So take a listen to what his philosophy will be tomorrow. You know, we're just trying to get another practice. Uh, first and foremost, you want to protect the team. You want to protect their team and your team. They're part of our team uh, during that time. You want great competition. You want guys getting after it. It's always great to go against somebody else instead of your same guys over and over and seeing the same defense. So I think that's going to be great. But, I mean, in the end, we want to get work done. You know, we want to get work done with them. They want to get the work done. Coach McCarthy and I have talked. He's, he's fantastic. He's on the same page as me. So, uh, again, it's just about getting different looks, different people, uh, just like you do throughout the season. So I'm really excited for the guys. They're pumped up. Left tackle Garrett Bowles also spoke to the media today and shared what he hopes to find out going up against the Cowboys tomorrow. Just consistency. You know, I think, you know, our team, we had a great OTAs. We had a great offseason. We had a great, um, you know, the last two weeks of camp. It's going to be nice to go against somebody else than, you know, our own color. So going against them, um, you know, it just goes to show you where we're going to be. Um, you know, it's going to show who our identity is. And so we're just going to go out there and do what we have to do. Um, you know, deliver, put the ball in our playmakers' hands and um, block our butts off up front. Coach Hackett has not yet stated if starters or which starters will be playing in the Broncos' first preseason game this Saturday. But safety Justin Simmons believes you can gain something from playing in a preseason game, even as a starter. I think there's always uh, – I think you gain – uh, a lot from, I mean, really doing anything. Uh, so when you're playing the preseason games, I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing is just like live action. Obviously, you know, when, with the practices that we have here, um, you know, we're trying to take care of each other. So a lot of it's just thud, making sure you're in really good position. And there's a lot of, you know, assuming you'd make the tackle, assuming you could get a guy down, assuming you'd be able to break up the ball. Um, without actually like diving or things like that. Um, when you're in a live action game, there is no assuming, you know, um, it's, it's live action. So, you know, those tackles on the sideline, instead of just running out of bounds and assuming you're going to get the tackle, well, now you actually got to use the sideline or, you know, use your teammates that are closing in and, and pursuing the football and things like that. So I think the number one thing you get out of preseason games, obviously, is a live rep against another team, but more importantly is the fundamentals that you, you know, you miss in practices. Now joining me here in the podcast studio is Broncos lead writer Eric Dalala and fellow team reporter Phil Milani. So nice to have both of you guys on the show today. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Sid. Always, Phil. Uh, hopefully I don't ruin this show. Never. You could never. <laughs> no promises. Yeah. High standards. 
Well, it was an exciting time for the Denver Broncos organization today. I think it's safe to say we're all very thrilled to be a part of it. We heard early in the show from the owners of the Walton Penner family ownership group, minus Lewis Hamilton, who wasn't be able to be here today. But I want to ask both of you, what were your takeaways from the press conference today? Phil, I'll start with you. Well, I think that from a fan's perspective, you just want to know, will this ownership group provide all the resources necessary to win football games. And uh, that message was loud and clear from this group. You know, they said that winning is their number one priority. And I think that the other good thing that they said was, look, we're, we're still learning the business of football, and that's what we're here to do. We're going to let George Payton and his side of the of the organization take mm-hmm. care of itself. So, you know, you just want the owner to be there to provide all the necessary resources let the football people do football things. Right. And Eric, you? Yeah, I mean, some of the core principles that uh, Greg Penner talked about were accountability, you know, giving those resources that Phil mentioned, having the right people in place. Uh, those were the sorts of things that he talked about, and I think those are really important. Um, but I will say that the biggest takeaway to me from what Phil just mentioned is that the football people are going to do football things. Yeah. Whenever a new owner comes in, you can sometimes worry, hey, is this person going to try to make draft picks? Are they going to try to make trades after a game? Are they going to have some sort of rash decision? If you're a fan of a team, I don't think you want that. And it seems like with this ownership group, and particularly with Greg Penner as a CEO, they're not going to make rash rash decisions. They're not going to walk into the war room on night one of the draft and say, let's take this guy. They're going to leave that to the experts, which in this case is George Payton. Mm -hmm. Well, Phil, Greg Penner, he also discussed that they all talked about buying an NFL team about 10 years ago. You know, what did he say in regard to this being the right time and the Denver Broncos being the right team? Yeah, he said that, you know, this was uh, something that they identified a long time ago just because they have a connection here to Colorado and also just what the Broncos mean to this entire region. I mean, uh, when you think about the uh, map and you look at the, where all the NFL teams are, there are no teams in this Rocky Mountain region, this whole area. So, you know, he reiterated that, look, like if you live in this entire area, most likely you're a Broncos fan and that's included them. And uh, that makes you happy to hear that they just want to look Looking to get into an exclusive NFL club, Absolutely. you know, uh, what was it, 2018? I think when uh, um, the Panthers were mm-hmm. up for sale. So, uh, you know, these teams come for up for sale very randomly, uh, uh, very rarely. Spar- rarely. rarely. Yeah. I think that's the word I was looking for. Rarely, <laughs> but um, so it is a, an exclusive club. But it didn't sound like they were just willing to jump at anything. They were waiting for the right moment, and this was it for them. And Eric, I know you asked Greg Penner about the additions of Melody Hobson and Condoleezza Rice to the ownership group. What did he say stood out about those two? Yeah, I mean, I think these are all very capable people, obviously. Mm -hmm. They're experts in their own field. Um, They have a proven track record of success. So that that stands out, first of all. But then, of course, he was asked later specifically about Melody Hobson and Condoleezza Rice being the first black female owners in the NFL And he said, that's very important to me. And I think that you heard as they each spoke, Condoleezza Rice and Melody Hobson, you heard how important this was to them as well. This is not just a a financial venture. Melody Hobson talked about how she can really relate to the players. She knows based on her upbringing, some of the things that some of them have gone through. And then Condoleezza Rice obviously spoke very passionately about the connection she has with football because of her dad and then the connection that she has to the city of Denver. So they bring an emotional connection, a personal connection. But then, of course, you've also got their expertise in a variety of fields. And these are very sharp people. Yeah, certainly a very powerful and intelligent group we have. 
Yeah, and I think that there's a lot to be excited about. They were really uh, transparent. I thought uh, the only times that they sort of didn't answer directly to questions were uh, about John Elway and Peyton Manning maybe mm -hmm. being in the mix here. Uh, said that he would they would rely on them as resources, but didn't really get into uh, that too much. And then about the stadium, I think a lot of fans, there's been a lot of speculation about what would happen with the stadium. Yeah. He said that they have an agreement uh, for the next 10 years, and so there's going to be more than enough time for them to really look into other options there. So it sounds like as far as the stadium goes, nothing for probably at least 10 years. Well, you know, and I'd rather them do it that way as yeah, opposed to just give an answer yeah. for the sake of giving an answer. Um, you know, you talk about the stadium, they're just going to evaluate all the options. And Greg was asked later directly, do you expect anyone to join the ownership group? And he said, at this point, we don't expect that, but that's at this moment. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want him to, I think you want your your CEO, your owner, the leader of your franchise to be very particular about what they say, very careful with their words, because what he says up there does matter. Does matter. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, if he goes off on a tangent, oh, we'd love a new stadium, that puts things in motion. And so mm -hmm. I think the fact that they're going to sit and they're going to evaluate and they're going to kind of figure out what's the best move before making a move, I think that shows a sort of prudence that you like from uh, your leadership. Yeah, I mean, you've got to choose your words carefully. Carefully. For sure. That's something I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, guys, in other news, today marked day 13 of training camp. Tomorrow's the very last day of camp, and that being the joint practice with the Cowboys. So what do you guys both expect from the team tomorrow? Well, Nathaniel Hackett was asked whether or not Russell Wilson's going to play on Saturday. Mm -hmm. He didn't directly say no, but he sort of said everything except that. I mean, he talked about how uh, getting to week one is his priority, being uh, weighing risk versus reward. So he said all these things that made it sound like Russ would not play. So when I think about it that way, I think, okay, Thursday is going to be really big for them because this is the first time they're going to see some other competition come in here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think that when you go through 13 days of uh, camp and just – facing the other side here the same day over and over and over, uh, you kind of, it gets boring a little bit. So it'll be good to just have uh, some, some a new face, a new color to see line up. And for us, it'll be our first chance to be like, okay, Sertan has looked really good against Corlin Sutton and this Broncos wide receiving core. Mm -hmm. How does he look against CeeDee Lamb? Somebody he's oh, yeah. not as familiar with. You know, how, how does he pick up things with what Dak Prescott's trying to do? Those are the things that I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, and I think it, for me it's less about, you know, those individual matchups I'm really interested in. Micah Parsons, can Garrett Bowles block him? Can Calvin Anderson block him if they go against each other? How does this offensive line stand up against a pretty good defensive front of the Cowboys? But I also think it's like this larger mentality of how do you practice and how do you handle yourselves because the Broncos, you know, Russ is used to Super Bowl expectations. Mm -hmm. The rest of this roster really has not won. They've not been to a playoff game, especially anybody that the Broncos have drafted here since Justin Simmons has been in the league. They have not experienced success. I think you've got to show up on a day like this against a pretty good Cowboys team and expect a lot from yourselves. Handle yourselves the right way. Handle yourselves like a championship-type football team. And so if the Broncos come out tomorrow and look sharp and there's not a lot of penalties and they find success – they match the Cowboys energy. Those are all the sort of things I'm looking for. If they come out and it's a little, you know, subpar or lackluster or whatever, yeah. then I think you need a little bit of a reality check as of the from the team side of saying, Hey, are we really serious about winning a Super Bowl? Because 
if we are, you've got to come out and match this team. You can't just kind of mail it in here and say it's just another day of training camp. Yeah. yeah, I think you really need to kind of set the tone of saying, like, have the Cowboys leave here and go, oh, that's a different Denver team. Yeah, and yeah. I think that the interesting thing to me is that normally when you do joint practices with another team, there's at least two days of this. For right. This year, it's only one. And so it'll be interesting to see just if they immediately can get to that spot where it's a really competitive practice because usually it takes a little bit of time to ease in and just sort of see, okay, how do you guys like to do things? How do we do things? What energy, what pace are we operating at here? It'll be interesting to just see if they're both at that level right away because uh, Nathaniel Hackett said, look, we're just going to be us and then they're, that's all we're going to control. So uh, it'll just be interesting to see how they operate. I'm with you, Phil. I think the matchup to watch tomorrow is going to be CeeDee Lamb and Pat Sertan. I also think like uh, Corlin Sutton going against Trayvon Diggs is going to be interesting. I mean, this was a good Cowboys team last Mm -hmm. year, although the Broncos went down there and smacked them around, smacked them them up a little bit. The Cowboys were never really the same team after that. A lot of people said, oh, this Broncos defense figured them out. But um, anyway, it was a pretty good team last year. So there's a lot of stars on on that side of the ball. It'll just be... um, I think this is a good team for the Broncos to practice against. Should be a fun last day of camp. Phil, Eric, appreciate you both. Thank you so much, Sydney. Thanks, Sid. Now it's time to take a look at today's injury update. Unfortunately, a longer list of guys again today. KJ Hamler, Ronald Darby, Melvin Gordon, Greg Dulcich, Yuma Uwazarike, Tyreek Cleveland, Natani Muti, Christopher Allen, and Ben Braden all did not practice today. Coach Hackett gave an update on a couple of guys. He said that they are just taking care of Melvin Gordon's foot and making sure he's all good. He also said KJ Hamler is doing great, but they're just making sure they're doing everything the right way with his knee. And Tom Compton, Billy Turner, and Randy Gregory remain on the PUP list. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another edition of Broncos Now. I hope to see you all right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube tomorrow for a recap of the Broncos joint practice with the Cowboys.